It's news from heaven. Spirits make you feel guilty about things that don't matter. So stop worrying about them. Great to have you here today. Today we are going to dive into the spiritual underpinnings for a great secret of our consciousness and hopefully from that take a practical tool that we can use every day to lighten the load a little bit. We'll be looking in Swedenborg's book, Secrets of Heaven. And the point is that if we've got these spirits, and yes, I said spirits, I'm talking about dead people, talking about you someday, by the way, and that that world influences this world and influences it in a way that that understanding that it's out there actually makes sense of consciousness. Because if there's God who is good, if love and truth are really at the core of things, and life is good, why do we get so much negativity? And why do our minds, symbolized here by this ominous weather front, why do they seem to work intelligently and tirelessly against us? What's going on? Well, if we can find out the motives behind these attacks, we could start to understand how to dismiss them. Just like when some scammer calls you up and you know you don't have to listen to them because you know what they want, which is to exploit you for money, ah, you don't worry about whether they have true information because you know that they don't. All right, so this is from Secrets of Heaven. Not too late in the game, about midway through the game, five, seven, two, four. We begin talking about a beautiful facet of the human body. There are sticky substances in the brain that have a volatile or life-giving element mixed in with them. What that would be in today's terms, I don't know, but Swedenborg, I'm just saying a lot of people since his passing have said, wow, did he understand the brain at a level that was way ahead of his time. So it could well be there are, there's something that we now have a modern analog to. I don't know. What, what makes you think that I know anything? These sticky substances purged from the blood, are discharged between the meninges first and then between the fibers. Some of them empty into the large ventricles in the brain and continue on from there. Here we are in this spirituality online class, and we've spent this whole time talking about nothing but the weird details of the anatomical structure of the brain. That is good. Because how are you going to have such complexity to these things that we're walking around in and not have that be relevant to spirituality. That the physical world, and here, the more you learn about how the brain works, the more you can fix how our brains are operating and do all kinds of amazing things. Of course, the structure matters. And what Swedenborg represents is this deeply satisfying crossroads for the things of spirituality and the things of physicality, like all the complexity. It's not just frivolous complexity here. It all matters. So we've got our setup. We know what's going on in the brain. What are we talking about? Spirits who relate by correspondence to the sticky substances that have something volatile or living in them appear almost directly above the middle of the head, not too far away. There's. This is why we need to know about those substances, because those substances that are part of your brain are also a representative of a slice of a part of the human race. You could map the entire human race, all the different kinds of consciousness that we have, everybody living, everybody dead. You could map the entirety of it into the human form. Every single person that's ever been 
relates or plays some function in the grand human or the grand uh, amalgamation assemblage of the human race has an analogous function there to something in our body. So like every little cell is doing something, every little bit of the body performs some function. So we perform a function for human consciousness or God's um, efforts to live within humanity. So there are some spirits that relate to whatever these sticky substances are that we've got up here. There are spirits who are doing the same thing. They are the sticky substances of the human race. They are the types. So what are these ones like? And there's negative and positive spirits, right? People that are sort of the good principles. And then, so if you've got sort of the good principles and then the reflection in the negative principles here, everything has its opposite. Sounds like we're talking about negative stuff here. Although sometimes it seems like, do you want me to just go on and on about stuff like this? I guess it's kind of a one way here. Like, I'm just going to go on about it. Sometimes it seems like there are actually spirits that, that, I have a bit of a difficult personality. so I'll just say people, because spirits makes it sound esoteric and weird, but let's just talk about people. People have this abrasive kind of nature, but yet can still participate in the grand human. They just are sort of the less living stuff, like the nails and the bones and the outer skin. There's other mindsets that are more like viruses or bacteria, uh, more like dangerous bacteria. That would be a cool band name. They um, can't be in the body. They have to get put out. But some of these ones that aren't that great can still hang out or on the negative side, all the negative ones want to attack the body. Okay, I have gone on too long. Why didn't you stop me? You could have stopped me. They are the types. So what are these spirits like? They are the types who raise conscientious scruples and inject them into matters having nothing to do with conscience out of habit developed in bodily life. So what I think we're talking about here, conscience being right versus wrong. And here we have them trying to get us to believe something is a moral or important spiritual issue when it's not. So they burden the conscious conscience of naive people. I think in terms of whether or not we're hip to the idea that spirits are trying to hijack our consciousness, we're all fairly naive there. And if you don't know, and this is so great because think about yours truly, who suffers not as much now, but certainly did very much from something that we call obsessive compulsive disorder, where you feel like this is that to the nth degree, where you have these compulsions or these, these racing fears that are like, I have to do this thing, and if I don't do it, I'm in danger or my family's in danger. And the thing is completely arbitrary. It's like, you know, oh, you know, I touched this pen wrong with this part of my finger, so now I have to touch it seven times on my other one. Oh, I get... feeling bad just doing that, remembering what it was like for me when I had that. It's completely not a moral issue, but they're like, you've got to do it or else you're not protecting someone. That is like a a great extreme example of this. But that you don't have to wander into what we would categorize as mental illness. How many people are walking around burdened by things that don't matter? I just recently had somebody 
call me up and say, like, I'm so sorry about this particular thing that went on with a, a music recording that, that we did 10 years ago or more. Was it 10 years ago? And no, maybe not quite. And they were like, I'm, I feel so bad about that. And it's just something that had never crossed my mind in all the intervening time. It, was even, it, it wasn't even something I was worried about, but they thought I was worried about it. And it was just so great. It was the best feeling in the world for me to say, man, do I not care about that. You kn- and you know what that was? That's these spirits getting in there and burdening the conscience. Or is your conscience burdened? Let go. I mean, it's always hard because it's like, oh, what do I really need to matter about? But knowing that these spirits are out there, come on, that's worth its weight in you wasting your time watching this video. They do not know what really ought to stir the conscience. Since no matter what happens, they assume conscience applies. So these spirits aren't necessarily evil and attacking, but they just don't know. They just think, oh, everything is a moral issue. What happens to us when these guys come over, guys and girls? These spirits create a palpable anxiety. We're talking about anxiety this week, this next two weeks, which is great because what is more in need of a remedy in our modern world than anxiety in the part of the abdomen under the region of the diaphragm? Oh man, they are also present in times of trial instilling an anxiousness that is sometimes unbearable. So the difference between this normal anxiety that they're creating and these times of trial is that these are, while you can have ambient suffering, right, kind of around us all the time, symbolized by these squiggly circles, times of trial are these punctuated areas of growth in our upward trajectory where we go into deeper distress than usual, but it's constructive. Even though it's miserable at the time, it actually brings us higher and higher into happiness in heaven. So it seems that these spirits are able to perform a use there, whether or not they would know they're doing something good to you. The ones corresponding to sticky phlegm with less vitality in it then bog our thoughts down in those worries. So what are, what's going on with all these thoughts? Well. Sticky phlegm spirits, it sounds weird. You better not listen to this without headphones. Because somebody's going to walk in the room right when I say, and that's like the sticky phlegm spirits. And they're, um, that's going to be a real test of their opinion of you, right? So just don't do it. Just put your headphones on. <laughs> these, in all seriousness, the idea that there are these outside factors bogging down your consciousness. And doing so with intent and doing so outside of you provides a freedom that nothing else can possibly match. The only thing you can really equivocate it to is, is organizations and things in this world that will try through advertisements or through persuasive publications or media to force you to, to try to get you afraid of something because they want something out of you. Right? And to understand this fear is artificial. And uh, the only way you can really believe that is to understand, oh, this is, here's a motive and a cause. There are these people that want this thing. And because they want this thing, they made this tool to make me feel like this because they want this result from me. Man, can you let go. And to start to understand that spiritually. And you don't even think about, it's not that direct of a chain spiritually. It's not like spirits are always aware of who we, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a, huge, complex, murky thing to me, even with all this Swedenborg explanation. But when you start to treat it that way in your mind, you just say, oh, these spirits are doing this. 
man, it is a crowbar for for dislodging stuff. So just saying, put in your toolbox. I struck up a conversation with them. This is a cool thing about Swedenborg is he can talk back. In order to learn what they were like, they kept trying to weigh down my conscience in various ways, which had been their central pleasure in life. So that must mean that these people, when they were living in life, means here in this world, enjoyed getting people to feel guilty about stuff. And I don't know exactly, we have to unpack what that's all about, but maybe you know someone like that. I was able to observe that they could not listen to reason and that they had no broad overview of matters from which to see particulars. Oh my goodness. Isn't that exactly like, why am I zooming out? I just so excited that I zoomed out. Isn't that exactly like what our mindset is when we're trapped in these fears? Particularly, not listen to reason. I'll zoom back in. Not listen to reason. How unreasonable do we get when we're wrapped up in needless anxiety? Is it rational? No. And we can even know it's not rational and still not get out. I'm not saying you can just get out. But I'm saying we're identifying something. It's totally irrational, the kind of anxiety and fear that we have there. Right? And they have no broad overview of matters from which to see particulars. The context that, yes, that thing could happen. Your plane could crash. But statistically, that is very unlikely. Yes, that tingle in your pinky might mean you're going to die. But it's probably not. We don't have, they don't have, we feel like, oh, we don't have that when we're in those states. Those states are the influence of this slice of the human race, right? This part of the human race has this influence on us. That is exactly how it is. I had the opportunity to learn from experience. And I'm just, is this guy writing hundreds of years ago, talking about his weird spiritual experiences, and he's nailing what consciousness is like for me today. I had the opportunity to learn from experience what a flood or deluge is in the spiritual sense. There are two kinds, a flood of corrupt desires and a flood of false ideas. Always the, this in the negative sense, the duality. Corrupt desires flood the volitional side of the mind. And this flood takes place in the right side of the brain. We're back, we're back, we're back to the harmony between the physical structure and the spiritual False ideas flood the intellectual side of the mind, and this flood affects the left side of the brain. Right brain, left brain kind of stuff was not known in Swedenborg's day. I'm not trying to say you couldn't poke holes in some of his science, okay? I'm not trying to force you and say, look, he has to know, but I'm just saying, it's cool. When people who had lived good lives are let back into their self-absorption, we all have had it, therefore into the environment created by their own life force, minus the influence of God, a kind of flood seems to occur. While immersed in the flood, they seethe, rage, think turbulent thoughts, and experience fierce cravings. In one way, when the flood inundates the left side of their brain, where falsity resides, and in another, when it inundates the right side, where evil resides. Hey, just so you know, this is a facet of people who had lived good lives, so take it easy on yourself. If you get a flood like that, it doesn't mean you're not good. Everybody can get them. This, I even believe, is referring to people in the afterlife who get led into that. Even angels, as we said in just news from heaven a couple episodes ago, angels have good days and bad days. Even angels can go through cycles like this. Okay? 
In contrast, when they are being held in the environment created by life they had received from the Lord through rebirth, that's your spiritual work, put it in, they stand entirely outside any such flood, under a clear sunny sky, so to speak, in a cheerful, happy place. So they are not in the vicinity of seething, raging, turbulence, craving, and so on. This situation is morning or springtime for spirits. The other is their evening or fall. So just like there are seasons and they're inevitable, there are going to be times when we are in this deluge and we're going to rage and seed and be confused and be feel guilty and all that. That's inevitable. Yes, spirits play a part, but it doesn't mean just because you know it, you're never going to experience it. However, knowing changes the kind of pain and you can, okay, I'm in it. I know it. What do you know about winter? It always passes. What do you know about night? It always passes. And you can also know this is probably doing something constructive, especially if I try to turn to the Lord in it. Again, again, Swedenborg said that is the way that you make progress and things like that, is to have it somehow teach you something about your dependence on God or the reality of the help that can come from God or just the fact that you're not in control of your life. That's an easy one. I mean, that's a much easier one to get when you're in something like that. Knowing that, living by, continuing to, to believe that lets us more and more often into springtime. When all this guilt, when you realize, no, the person you're worried about was worrying about it, wasn't worrying about it, or even if they were, it's not worth worrying about because it's fine. All that starts to dissipate. And we start to, all we're doing, we're not putting some artificial rose-colored glasses over things. All we're doing, sorry, that's a little glitch. I can't get rid of it, but that's fine. A little cloud there. All we're doing is seeing the sky as it really is. This is when the actual sunlight gets to us, right? And there's times, I like the way he's describing it there. It's like the deluge is still there, right? You may even be able to observe it. Swedenborg didn't get to a place where he was never being a, surrounded by evil spirits, which would be negative states of mind, same thing. He just didn't, wasn't bothered by him. And that's the place we can get to. And that's the news from heaven. So remember, take it out into your life. Not everything you feel guilty about is true. And there is a much bigger, better process going on. Don't worry about a couple of little spirits. I hope you enjoyed that. Leave a comment if you did. We'd love to hear from you and, and know the efficacy of these kinds of tools we're putting out. Hey, can I ask you a big favor? Would you donate to support our program so we are a not-for-profit? I mean, who, what corporate force would be behind this sort of stuff? So we need people to contribute. Go to otle.causevox.com. Make a little donation. Make a, make a $2 recurring donation, something like that. That helps. And uh, right now we have a two-to-one match, so your money goes twice as far. That's much appreciated. Thanks to everyone who has done that. And thank you to all of you for watching this. I really enjoyed talking <laughs> for 20-something minutes, and I hope you enjoyed listening. Hope it's a boon to your day and to your week. You're cool. See ya.